0: All right, welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show here live on 103.9 WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by Watchman Security Services, located right there in Pearl, Mississippi, but operating statewide, locally and family owned for 35 years right here in central Mississippi by Nathan and Eric Knight. So look. These guys, they're an Alarm.com certified installer. That's right. 15 years plus they've been with Alarm.com. If you need indoor, outdoor cameras, security systems, uh, remote gate access, smart doorbells, thermostats, and more, commercial or residential, you want to be able to pull it up, watch what's going on from your house, from your phone, open a gate from your phone, from wherever you want in the world. Oh, there's somebody dropping a package off. Doop open the gate for them, watch them, make sure nobody's stealing your packages or (laughs) not dropping them off, whatever. I'm just thinking of things. Mm You're getting into that time of the year where there's a lot of package theft. I mean, man, it's cheaper to have a security system than it is to try to get one of these delivery services to actually get your package. All these people stealing packages and stuff off doorways. I mean, that's become like a whole thing in itself. Right. Protect yourself. Get you a... Watchman Security System, watchmansecure.com. Shop them online, 24 hours a day. See what they can do. And give them a call. Talk to Nathan. Talk to Eric. Let them come out get you hooked up. 601-955-9952. All right. I am joined in the studio. This is going to be our third episode of the Recovery Podcast, the Testimonial Tuesdays. I've got Nikki Patchen with me. She is the Public Relations and Community Director for Saving Grace Women's Home, located at 959 Andrew Chapel Road, right out there in Brandon. And I've worked my way over there, almost there twice this past week, and got (laughs) turned around and had to get back to the dealership. But Mm -hmm. I was going out to take a tour of the place, but I've seen the photos. It's a beautiful deal. Yes, it is. I could definitely understand how people can get out there and find some serenity. Absolutely. Uh, How is it funded?
1: Um, well, it's only funded through our fundraising and donations. So since we're faith based, we don't receive any type of government or assistance at all. We don't receive any funding for that. So we work, we work for our funding.
0: So before we jump into your story, let's ask this real quick, Mm -hmm. because this is important. I don't want to forget it. Mm -hmm. Somebody out there right now, they've got a, a daughter, a sister, a wife, that is going through the throes of addiction and they're ready to get some help. How can they get their family member into your home?
1: Um, you can reach us. You can call us anytime. We have an intake coordinator, um, but you can call my phone at 601. 601- Five seven two seven eight seven eight, and we can get you in contact um, with our intake coordinators and that's right now you can do that um, and we will follow up with you we will get them in we'll work with the um, if you have anyone who is incarcerated at this time we can definitely get in touch with a public defender a judge um, we will help to speak on their behalf um, in hopes to get them the proper recovery um, not just incarceration but recovery and um some assistance in whatever their needs are
0: so is there a is it is this more like a halfway house or somebody can come straight off the I'm just being worst case scenario uh-huh. here, straight off the streets, in the throes of addiction, yeah. they can come in at that point yes. and work the whole program there from point A to Z. Absolutely. That's good to hear. Yes. Good Good to hear, because I know somebody out there is listening right now. Absolutely. And they may be listening to this a month from now on the podcast mm-hmm. and hear this and mm-hmm. like, oh, man, thank you so much for, for Nikki coming on and doing this. Right. Because, you know, I, I had a family member, a, f- a female family member who had gone through some addiction Issues and finding somewhere for women to go is is difficult. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of places that women can go in Mississippi, right? It just, especially in central Mississippi, right? Uh, there, what we are lacking around here are battered women's shelters mm-hmm. and uh, recovery centers for women. Yeah. So it's it's good to know that you guys have something in place for this. All right, yes, Nikki, let's start at the beginning. What uh, the f- question I like to ask is. How did it all start for you? Where did it go wrong? Was it? Did you start with drugs? Did you start with alcohol, or did you start with prescription medicine?
1: Um. So, and whenever Jackson was Jackson, and we had Jubilee Jam, we had St. Patty's Day. You know, parades. We had. It was wild. We had a lot going on, and um, alcohol. You know, I drank a lot on the weekends, um, and it was the thing to go to the club. And then uh, when I was about 24, I was prescribed Adderall. And um, Adderall, I took Adderall prescribed for 10 years. And, you know, whenever you're prescribed your addiction, you can guarantee whatever it is that you have that you are not addicted to that substance. And in reality, yes, you are um and so and
0: it's such a gateway drug to meth.
1: Oh god it is. Yes it is. I mean
0: it's it's prescribed meth. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely a gateway drug to meth. I mean not for everybody. Right. But man more times than not as I was going through my addiction with speed and all that mm-hmm. so many of those other guys along the way had got there from Adderall. Right. You know, even if they weren't prescribed, they were just taking it from their friend's prescription, a party on the right. weekends. And I right. was like, well, I can't find no Adderall. But this one time I tried some meth and there was no going back to Adderall. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Well, Adderall to me was, uh, it had me. It did. It really did. And it had me for 10 years. Um, but I was, what I, what you could say, what some people refer to as a functioning addict, into where I was able to maintain um, going to work, paying my bills, um, doing side work. You know, I was painting furniture, doing really well with that, uh, and also tending to my children whenever um, on the weekends when I had them, and um, to just stay cleaned up <laughs> yeah. per se. And then um, there, it led me into really surrounding myself. Uh, with people who were using me for Adderall, um, and I didn't realize it because I I was taking it for my, my own habit. Sure. You know, and, um. And were you
0: supplementing your prescription by buying more other people's prescriptions? Absolutely. Had 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 gotten to that point?
1: Absolutely. Because
0: I mean, no, no real addicts only taking what they're prescribed. No,
1: absolutely not. No. And no. And whenever I would run out, I was asleep for days until I got that prescription refilled. Yeah. That's a true thing.
0: So at what point, so you're 10 years into mm-hmm. a, an Adderall addiction. Mm-hmm. It, how did the next step happen?
1: So I um, got into my first real toxic relationship. I, now I had never seen meth, didn't know what meth was until I was 32 years old. Never. Um, literally didn't have a clue of what it was. Um, I, I think I had been asked about it a couple of times and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I just literally kept the door shut on it, um, cause it wasn't my business and I just was taking Adderall. So, um, whenever I was 32 years old, I got into my first toxic relationship and it was, a, uh, it was the first time that I had been, um, used, manipulated, lied to, um, deceived and I was blinded by it because I had never experienced that before. And so that surrounded me with even more people um, that I had never surrounded myself with. Um, I don't like to categorize people, but I was—I um, didn't even like to be alone at this point. And so I was strongly abusing my Adderall to stay awake because I didn't know who was who. I didn't know what was what. I didn't know who was coming or going. And um, I began to live in fear.
0: Yeah, because you're worried if you go to sleep, what's going to come up missing?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Or who's going to come to my house and do what? And, um, yes, exactly. In my own home. And so, um, the turning point of events came about. Um, when I was 32 years old, I went home one day and someone had broken into my home. And, um, it was a real live fight in my home for not just my life, but others. And, um, when you got to do what you got to do, it's not always what you want to do.
0: You know, without diving too deep into it, cause I'm familiar with it. You, mm-hmm. you, you had to use your second amendment. Yes. And, and, you know, somebody died that day. Yes. And that, would you call that your rock bottom? No, no. So, I, you know, and I, 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 easy for me to say I've never had to do that, but, I, I'm not going to defending myself and my family. That's not going to be my rock bottom. That's actually going to probably be my heel to die on. Mm. Um, yeah. But dealing with the fallout of that, mm. is that what led you further into?
1: Um, at that point, um, so I faced a life sentence while evidence had to prove my innocence. And let me say, I've I've never been mad at God about that because I knew from the time I walked out of my house backwards that the Lord himself Uh, allowed me to make it out alive that day for a much bigger reason than I can truly even still begin to fathom. Um, And I've never been mad at the judicial system while evidence had to prove, you know, my innocence. Because if that were me, I would hope that they would fight for me like that. Um, However, I began to see um, I was incarcerated with no bond. I needed love and affection at the most um, vital time of my life, and I wasn't receiving that, but... um, praise god that i have a you know a steady mind at really and um i was able to just stay calm and I, I would i sat on the lord will fight for you you need only be still and um whenever i was released i immediately began to see a ptsd specialist uh dr john owen and at that time i had gone uh to a few visits with him and it was going well and then covid happened and when covid happened it placed restrictions on us to get the proper medical attention etc that we needed you know um and so he passed away from covid and bless his soul at that point whenever he passed away from covid i um began to slowly withdraw i was not um Verbalizing, uh, communicating my emotions, didn't begin to not be able to sort my thoughts properly, and that led to substance use.
0: So, let me, that was what I was going to ask you. So, at the point that the shooting happened, right, you were using at that point, no, 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 that was just Adderall and everything and your prescribed medicines,
1: just Adderall, yes.
0: So, so then you you, you not
1: abusing at that time,
0: yeah, so, so that happened under normal circumstances yes. then, but you can still say that because of the people you had surrounded yourself with and the lifestyle that that kind of person ended up in your, in your home. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you, you went to jail for a little while while this sorted out, mm-hmm. you get out and you're dealing with the depression of during COVID and, and all that of this, mm-hmm. just the over, just the weight of yes taking somebody's life and, oh God. and everything. <clears throat> and that's when you start using. Yeah. Okay. Let's pick up there.
1: Okay. Um, so, and I had dabbled in it before. Now I'm don't get me wrong, I'm Sure. Okay. But it was definitely not um anything I did regularly like we had talked about in the past whenever it was just there or whatever.
0: Kind of a party party additive type thing. Yeah. Party favor.
1: Yeah. And, um, but at that time, absolutely not. I had, um, been very aware of what was going on around me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, if anything were to ever happen, like, I absolutely cannot, you know, be beyond my own, out of my mind. Um, I've got to be aware. So, uh, so whenever that happened, it, whenever the cutoff happened, I literally did not leave my home. Um, bless my parents, um, you know, My parents and my family, um, my youngest daughter's dad and stepmom also had to deal with me and they were trying to just really understand what I was going through and everything just didn't make sense. Like I couldn't, I didn't know how to deal with myself. So it led into substance use into an extreme um, and rights were removed from my youngest daughter from that pending charge. After two years of it pending you know evidence
0: well let's re- rewind this a little bit. let's give people a timeline here. okay, when did the shooting happen?
1: January third of 2018
0: two thousand eighteen so folks we're not talking about that long ago. Nikki's turned this thing around on a dime mm-hmm. in, in in drug years yeah. anyway it mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about a four year term let's to be yeah let's to be five years. Yeah. January would be five years mm-hmm. that you've gone from you know a normal life somewhat, yeah, to dealing with a murder conviction. To addiction, to now being a leader at your facility, yeah, that's amazing. That's that's not a long term time to have turned your life around. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I'll tell you what, hold the rest of it. Let's take a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to pick up on losing custody of your youngest. Yes, all right. Let's pick pick back up there. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on one three point nine. Breaking rules when necessary. And I think that really sums up Nikki's life a little bit, uh, having to break some rules every now and then. Mm. Uh, This segment is going to be brought to you by Boondocks Far Arms Training Academy, located right out there on Highway 18 in Raymond. You can go to boondocksfta.com, sign up for one of their new monthly memberships where you can use the training facilities unlimited, get some discounts in the pro shop, and much more more and i think it's important and i asked nikki during the break i said did you have you had firearms training to um you know because a lot of people get in that situation they don't know what to do have to defend your defend your life Mm -hmm. defend your family's life um had you had firearms training
1: my dad taught me how to shoot
0: kudos yeah kudos to your father
1: yeah i have really good parents
0: absolutely i I tell you what my dad is awesome I think we all need to make sure our kids know how to teach, and I'm saying that out loud to hold myself more accountable there and get them some firearms training. And you can do that absolutely out at uh Boondocks Firearms Training Academy. Just go to boondocksfta.com and check out their new membership packages. All right, Nikki, uh, real quick, mm-hmm. so like, I just want to make the timeline make sense for folks. Okay,
1: you, you,
0: this happened January first, third, January third, twenty eighteen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's that, that's when the the the, the shooting happened. You were in jail for three months. You weren't you weren't immediately cleared on this deal.
1: Yeah. No. So
0: you were in jail for three months, and then it took three years yes. to get cleared. Yes. They offered you pleas, all kind of stuff, and you turned it all down.
1: Um. So they we went to go for what they thought was going to be a plea offer, and I said no plea. I'm all in.
0: Yeah. Well, you know you're innocent.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: You know you're innocent. What was it? So a lot of us can't imagine the stress <laughs> that that would put us under. I was just telling her about some things that I'm dealing with that had me all stressed out all the time to the point of I'm losing hair. And I said, but I couldn't imagine like knowing my real freedom, Mm -hmm. my life. I mean, 20, 30 years, next 20, 30 years of my life could be behind bars because of what I felt like was doing the right thing, Mm defending myself.
1: Man, there was no instincts Uh, uh, there. Survival mode kicked in. There was no thinking about anything.
0: So it's at this point you, you get out and you, you started back use or started using, you lose custody of your daughter.
1: So I um really lost it whenever uh, rights were removed for that pending charge, and really you know th- what it was is they were encouraging me to get my life together, do something, make something shake because what I was doing I was literally withdrawing. I literally um, I'm not even kidding when I say. My oldest daughter, God, I, I did some things in front of her that I should have never done. And in my mind, because of how I was the enemy was attacking me in my head, using me against myself, making me think that uh, you know, people were using me against myself anyways. Um, why not just go ahead and play the part? Yeah. I mean, it was terrible. And but she stuck by me, she encouraged me and now, um, so I went through I was arrested, I was involved
0: when when you say play the part yeah I, I want to unpack that just a little bit, yeah, you say play the part, you mean be an addict and be a be a bad person I mean yeah. that's what you, you felt like everybody felt like you'd been accused of that, so you're like i've I've done the time, so I might as well do the crime kind of mentality, yeah, interesting, so pick back up
1: it was awful, um so I was roaming around Jackson aimlessly, and um, I met a lot of people who I did drugs with, who have really experienced a trauma. Like you get to talking to these people, they're people too, and what the Lord has done for me, He's going to do for them too. But uh, I began to get to know them, and I saw something inside of them that was more than just addiction, more than just a criminal. And really, the more that I talked to them, the more I understood them. And praise the Lord that the Spirit lives in me and hand plucked me from my self-destruction and my, my um, self-harm by using. And I was incarcerated. Pearl Police Department showed up in my house heavy. And I'm so thankful that they did. I was literally arrested. And I was I was smiling in my mugshot because I had just come in agreement with someone that I wanted to go into Teen Challenge to get help. And it's um, now known as Saving Grace. And, um, I immediately asked for that help and they said, um, it was part of my bond. Uh, I had a a wonderful bondsman, Herbie Fields, who bonded me out and I was taken, um, into treatment.
0: Hold on. Let me, we jumped around just a little bit there. So what did you get arrested? You're you're out, you're out on bond Mm -hmm. for the murder trial, for the murder case. Is my timeline correct here? And then you get arrested while you're...
1: No, that was removed.
0: So you got cleared? Yes. From the murder, murder After case. three years, yes. Three About, years. Three years. About
1: three years, almost three years.
0: So just within the last year or so, you got arrested and started going through the program?
1: So it was um, February 25th of... Let's see. I'm going on 20 months clean.
0: Yeah, so it would have had to have been 20. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The day my life really changed.
0: Of twenty, so that that was that was a month before COVID started. So, so it would have had been nineteen.
1: No, it wasn't. It was twenty months ago. I'm terrible with timelines.
0: Well, today's 26. All right, so but your doctor died from your doctor died from COVID somewhere in there.
1: In like 2018 or 2019, yeah.
0: It wouldn't have been COVID then. He Co- COVID happened in 2020.
1: He passed away from COVID.
0: Okay, well, our timeline's a little off, but okay. it, it, it it happens. Uh, so, so I'm sorry, I was using drugs. So <laughs> so you, so you, you get a, you 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 get arrested mm-hmm. for drugs. Yes. What was the charge?
1: Um, I had a paraphernalia, and then there was a stolen vehicle that they say was in my driveway, and I didn't. I don't know if it was or if it wasn't, but I was very thankful for whatever the reason was that they showed up at my house, and I was incarcerated because I knew it was an escape for me to get help. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and so so you go in and you you bond out and you go straight into Teen Challenge at that point. Mm -hmm. And you've pretty much been in there since.
1: Yes, Um, and we have transitioned to um, Saving Grace Women's Home. And really what that is all about is that there were so many, um, we have already been working side by side with Saving Grace and we've merged with them. And um, it's been a huge blessing. Pastor Don Norton is over our centers, we have six women's centers, and um, we are like I went to Arkansas for treatment, so I was able to go away from my area and get the proper, you know, see see a new site, get my mind clear.
0: Um, not have a not have somebody you can call to come break you out if you right. wanted to get out all I'm, that stuff. To hold that thought because I want to hear about the recovery process, yeah. and then we got a bunch of questions on the text line. Okay. The Guns of Gear text line. If you guys have any questions for Nikki, we're going to do a whole segment where we ask where we answer questions. 769-241-1944. If you want to call in and uh, interject your opinion or question, the Mac High Flow at Phone Line, 601-879-0002. I just ask that you keep it respectful this morning, stay on topic, you know, and uh, feel free to ask her anything. This is The Clay Edwards Show, joined by Nikki Patchen. We'll be right back on 1039 WYAB. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back in to The Clay Edwards Show. We're live here on 1039 WYAB. Uh, during the break, we got the timeline figured out. <laughs> you got arrested in February of 21.
1: Okay. And
0: yeah. and, and, and that would have been the t- approach in 20 months yes. sober. Yes, so, yes, yes. Uh, that, that that gets the timeline, and then the the, the doctor passed away from COVID mm-hmm. during the COVID timeline. So just hey, when you, when you, when you've lived a lot of life, mm-hmm. time gets away from you. It does, and the timelines get away from you. I <clears throat> I've been saying I've been out of the bar business for ten years, for fifteen years. You know, like <laughs> so, so somewhere I started saying ten years, and I've just never added the rest of the time. Right. to it. So time will get away from you pretty the easily. Day. I hey, I, so I want to talk about. From checking into recovery, and you and you got to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You got away, You had to get away from here to really clear the fog, right? And you get new surroundings That's one of the most important things. You have to get away from your comfort base, from your people you used around. The ability to pick up the phone, and be like I'm tired of this crap. Come pick me up. Yeah, you know, because you don't have to stay in these facilities. I mean, they're not jail. You can leave. Right. Absolutely. You know, so you have to have the discipline to stay or sometimes the force discipline because you have nowhere else to go. Yeah. So tell us about going to Arkansas.
1: Uh, it was wonderful. Um, so we do have another center there that we send ladies to at this time. Um, same situation, Mississippi, you know, we get them out of their comfort zone and, um, uh, I went to Arkansas. They provided 20 hours of intense therapy per week for me set to help me get my communication skills back, to be able to sort my thoughts, to be able to be here today and just have this conversation. Um, they provided um, exercises where I'm able to recognize my tr- my triggers. Um, and whenever I'm like getting out of my window of tolerance, what I will tolerate, what I will not. And just be able to sort my emotion and my um, the trauma responses.
0: That's interesting. I like the uh, I, I like the the idea of learning your triggers because mm-hmm. I think it's important. Because a lot of us who have gone through addiction and and know people that go through addiction, mm-hmm. we know that a certain trigger it can be. We talked about this last week when we talked when we set this up. Music,
1: yeah, you know, yeah,
0: it, it, music. You can hear, like, I can hear an old Snoop Dogg or Dr. Mm-hmm. Dre song or something, and that takes me back. As much as I love listening to that stuff, mm-hmm. it can trigger something in my brain that takes me back to, man, when I listened to that, I was drinking and doing drugs yeah. and having a real good time. What if I did that today? Yeah. You know, and you said you only listen to Christian music. I
1: now. do. I cannot... Um Uh, I cannot even be around it because it gets something going inside of me and my hands start wanting to lift up and, you know, my hips start wanting to do this weird thing that they don't do anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And so, (laughs) so I just really like to, you know, stay God posture, um, Proper posture, lined up with to honor and glorify the Lord in all that I do, even my body language, you know, and what I put in my body, and that's from music to even um, drugs to um, transition to loaded tea now.
0: Well, you know, in the in in the in the nightclub business, uh, with as far as like the music product, the the music equipment, the gear, the production, it was like you Mm -hmm. put crap in, you get crap out, just like Mm -hmm. your diet. Yeah. You know, if you, yeah. you, you run a, a crappy signal into it, you're going to get a crappy signal yeah. out of it, and yeah. that's that, that's a great analogy for really for music is. too.
1: It's true. That's very true.
0: All right, so so you're going through this. They're teaching you about your triggers and all this.
1: Yeah, and um, so then you become a leader. I became a leader. We started taking out crews, going to ministry teams on Sundays. When I'm telling you, when we go into these churches and we share our testimonies, even right now, I'm leaving chains right now. You know, chains are falling off of me as I'm speaking about this. And um, we leave chains on the altar and just uh, it's freedom in sharing our testimony and what, what the goodness of God is about, you know, and um so we go that, well, then I, I came back, I moved back. Um, Saving Grace stepped in over our program, and um, we merged. And now uh, we actually expanded our territory. The Lord has expanded our territory where we are able to go to fundraise, to do ministry teams, um, even outreach, et cetera, and um, expanded the horizons of opportunity. You know, we were able to go back into the jails where under the restrictions that we were under,
0: the COVID restrictions yes. kept you from getting in there. Like we talked about, yeah. it Benny Ivy and them dealt with the same thing with yeah. their strong arms, Rankin County thing. They couldn't get into the jails mm-hmm. to to do their to do their work, all right? You know, so it kind of stunted the growth of their Rankin County deal till till last year or so. Absolutely, and, same same thing there,
1: and that that's all booming too. The Trustee Program mm-hmm. and Strong Arms and Celebrate Recovery has been a huge at the point has been a huge uh, impact on my recovery as well. Um, having that accountability, I have a sponsor. Um,
0: Sheriff Brian Bailey and Paul Holly and that team out there at the Rankin County Sheriff's Department are so open to helping yeah. folks get help. Like yeah. when, when folks in their in their in their facility can get to being a trustee. And they they're allowing these folks to come in, and there's a lot to be said for that. Like they don't get the attention they deserve,
1: right? You know, I think I, they um actually I talked to someone yesterday at church or t- Sunday at church who is a trustee. He's in college, enrolled into college. He works for the city of um, Brandon, you know, doing work for the county. Sure, um, and
0: the city or the county.
1: I believe probably the county. I think it's the county, if I'm not mistaken. But they have opportunity to stay, from my understanding, and work for the city. You know, building the community. Of
0: um, there's a guy that they did that was part of one of their interstate drug busts, and I don't know his name off the top of my head. Here, it's part of one of Rankin County's interstate drug busts. It was young; he was like 18 or so, and he he worked his way through the trustee program. He now works for the Rankin County Sheriff's Department. I mean, and because but that's a sheriff and a program that gets that if you're not helping rehabilitate these folks, you're just going to, you're just creating habitual offenders.
1: Absolutely. And you know, they're the ones who gave me the, the pass to go into my program yeah. and to go into another state because they wanted the best for me and my recovery. Because
0: it's what's best for Rankin County. Right. I mean, it's, it's and it's, it's, not a bad thing. It's okay to say what's good for the gander is good for the goose.
1: Right.
0: I mean, that is, it's okay to be, it, even if you want to call it selfish, it's, it's okay to be selfish when it's for the greater good. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to be selfish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even, even if you want to call it selfish. That may be a poor choice of words on my end. But it's okay if you're doing it for the greater good. You know? Um, tell me this. Uh mm. we've got a lot of questions. You ready to answer some questions? Sure. First thing, uh Roger had asked early on, I didn't get to it. If people is there a, can they just go to a website and donate? Is there yes. a permanent GoFundMe set up? How can people that want to donate to you guys donate
1: okay so thank you so much for that question and the answer is you go to saving grace w h and that stands for women's home
0: saving grace w h yes dot com
1: dot com yes and then you will if you would like to donate to the mississippi center uh, to build our um where we have now uh, our home is um you just click on mississippi the option And then you fill out the further information, and um, it will give you a donation amount option. Um, You can also become a monthly supporter, and that is something that is huge. We are really trying to work on getting a transitional area, a staff home um, for our property so that people like me and um, many others on our property are uh, given the opportunity to stay in a safe place work on getting their kids back in their lives, have the children come on property to spend the night with their moms. We have some ladies in our program who are working with CPS right now to get their kids back. But what are they going to do whenever they leave? We want to provide that opportunity.
0: You know, Kim Way talks a lot about when he's promoting uh, Mercy House. Is, you know, if you're looking for a good ministry to so sew into, mm-hmm. you know they talk about putting fathers back in homes. And yeah. gosh, as a father, I know how important that is. We can also agree it's extremely important to get the mother back in the home too. Absolutely. And if if that's your calling, you know, please reach out to these folks and and see if you can you know if you can help. Whether it's ten dollars, twenty dollars, what about? I know you went by Amber's house, picked up the clothes and stuff the other day. Yeah. What if people got some coats and clothes they want to donate? Is that do y'all have a pantry type deal where you can
1: we um stuff to? we that's something that thank you for asking that. We are actually um, looking for to grow a blessings closet. We have many uh, a variety, a wide variety of types of ladies who come into our home, and they're growing. Um, spiritually, physically, big,
0: tall, short, and small. Yeah. yeah,
1: And so we, um, are looking to have a blessings closet where they can just go in there and pick out, you know, pants, shirts, jackets, shoes, um, comfortable that are, are gently worn really so that they can have a sense of, you know, um, in our mess. Self-worth. We, yes, exactly. And value yeah. for sure. Come
0: um, on. and that's, you know, let me say this, I Nikki wouldn't say it, but I will, don't just throw out your trash. And, and, and want them to come pick it up you know, if you've got something that maybe you've outgrown or mm-hmm. lost some weight, a lot of you guys have been uh getting up with Anson walker you've been losing weight, living that walker lifestyle you, mm-hmm. you we'll call it your fat clothes. I got some <laughs> you know donate your fat clothes to mm-hmm. them if uh you know because they're going be a lot of these girls are going to be coming in and they're going to be growing because yeah. they're they're eating right and, yeah. and doing things Yeah, and, absolutely and uh man, I just called a bunch of people fat and I promise I didn't mean to, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying guys yeah, d- d- give them some nice stuff if you got it. You know, yes. I, so anyway, I, I don't want to keep talking myself into a uh, into a corner there. Let's uh, get to some more questions here. Kim Harrington mm-hmm. uh, messaged in okay. and says, uh, if you could go back and change anything about what happened, would you and what has been the most healing aspect of your recovery thus, thus far?
1: Oh, my goodness. OK, um, those are really good questions. Um, if I could go back and change anything, honestly, I wouldn't. Um, m- this is all a part of God's plan. And um, I've learned so much throughout my journey. And I believe the goal is, you know, for us to let that resonate and learn from our past so that we can not do the same thing in the future. But um, I, there's nothing I would change. I'm so thankful for every single um, trial and tribulation that I've been through because um, now I can... Do you know honor and glorify what the Lord has done in my life? Um And then what was the second question?
0: The second was, uh, what's been the most rewarding part of your journey of recovery so far? Oh,
1: man. Whenever I, the rewarding part of my journey is the day I walked into my daughter's bedroom and both of my children were in bed together and I woke up to that.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's the little things. It's you know? the
1: little things.
0: All right. So we've got another text here. This isn't so much a question as much as it is uh, at a girl. And it's, um, it says, not able to call in at the moment. It's from an unknown texture. Uh, Not able to call in at the moment, but wanted to say I've known Nikki for a long time and her dad even longer. He certified me as a forklift driver when I was 18 years old. Mm. Always been great people. And I just want to say I'm sorry for everything she had to go through. I followed the shooting situation and defended her multiple times when people wanted to to badmouth her about everything that happened. And I want her to know how proud I am of her that she has turned everything around and has found a way to bring positivity to others who may be going through a similar situation. Love you, girl. Keep up the good work. Love and it. uh Thank if you, you would text me who you are so I can tell her off air. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick says something about no uh, what did Rick say? Um how does uh says how does she feel about about doing time for something she was innocent of, knowing People are on camera killing and attempting to kill people. Get released with no bond in some states.
1: Uh, how I feel about that is really and truthfully, I'm thankful for that time. Also, I saw a lot of things. I was able to experience a side of life that I had never experienced. I saw a lot of things. It softened my heart in a lot of ways. Uh, like I, I told you yesterday. Um, whenever people used to call me from jail, I was like, "Oh man, that's that's sucks." And I would hang up the phone. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, do they need whites? They need, um, but not, but. I didn't know that people actually catch charges just to go to sleep in a warm place well, that's, and eat three meals a day.
0: That's part of going back, and you said you don't regret anything. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be where you are without everything. I mean, mm-hmm. it's terrible that somebody had to lose their life. Mm-hmm. You know, But, I mean, as you said, that's, that's God's plan. We, don't, we can't question it, no matter how hard it is sometimes. Yeah. All right, look, let's take a break. We'll come back. I want to hit a few more comments, and we'll land the plane for the day. Okay. I'm joined by Nikki Patchen here on The Clay Edwards Show on 103.9 W-Y-A-B. Breaking rules when necessary. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here in the Dustin Bailey at Southern Magnolias Realty Studio. My guest today has been Nikki Patchen with the Saving Grace yes. Women's Home. Saving Grace Women's Home. And uh, man, look, she's been telling her story. We've been going through some some uh, great questions and comments from folks. Uh, I am reading all your texts. Some of them are just too deep to get in on air. Uh if so you, you know who I'm talking to. Uh Nikki, let's close out
1: mm-hmm.
0: with we got about a minute left. Tell people
1: again how they can donate. Um they can go to Saving Grace W H dot com. And if you would like to donate to the Mississippi Center. Um, in our local community for it to grow and flourish. And just, um, you check, you click on the Mississippi Center, and then you can put in your donate amount. And then there's monthly sponsorship option um, that helps to have a steady income. Or you can contact me at 601-572-7878 if you have any physical donations that you want to get. We can get together and get those.
0: Excellent. That was Nolan, who had texted in about your dad. Oh, list of. Sorry, Nolan. I thought I had your number locked in there. And uh, Amber texted back in and just said, uh, very proud of you. Great job. So, look, I've enjoyed this. Yes. Um, I, I feel like the first time you talk to somebody, it's like you got to tell everybody everything. And you, you're worried you may forget something. So, why don't we do this again?
1: Yeah. And
0: come back where you, the chains are off of you a little bit more. Yeah. And you can relax and, you know, just talk.
1: Amen. Yeah, uh, I would love
0: that. Maybe it's the podcast. Maybe it's the radio show. Either way, let's do that. We'll plan on that. Uh, If you've heard this today and you want to tell your story, you're welcome to. Give me a call. Mike Madison up next. See y'all tomorrow. com.